0: This week on The Perfect Scam.
1: Well, it's prime property. And if I don't want to sell it, then they'll try to take it. And that's what they did.
2: That's what stood out to me. It's just like nobody ever checked if this was a real person.
0: Welcome back to The Perfect Scam. I'm your host, Bob Sullivan. This is part two of our story about a crazy, outlandish rash of thefts in Miami, Florida thefts of property sold right out from under their victims who never even know their lots have been put up for sale. If you haven't heard part one, you should go listen to that now. But to catch you up, retired librarian Shirley Gibson tried to pay her taxes and was told they'd already been paid by the new owner. As Shirley and her lawyer friend David Winker try to figure out what's going on and how to get her property back, she discovers another lot she owns is currently up for sale. They've just contacted local journalist Phil Prazen, who has been talking to police about this rash of mysterious crimes. And now Phil is taking Shirley's story public.
2: This week when she went to pay her taxes on it, she discovered the lot was no longer in her name. A New York developer, Ollie Development LLC, bought the lot for $230,000. It was never for sale, she says. And she contacted a lawyer.
0: Together, Phil, Shirley, and David are trying to put all the pieces together. Why are residents of Shirley Gibson's neighborhood, Coconut Grove, just south of Miami, being targeted? Well, Shirley will tell you the answer is pretty straightforward. Money. And you feel like there's there is an effort to, to basically steal property from, from that neighborhood in particular. And it might be because... That it's largely owned by black folks and the, the property is gentrifying? I mean,
1: Well, in that area now, the property value is very high and you have developers coming in and they're trying to buy your property. I've got so many calls from uh, different uh, developers and realtors that would like to buy it. And I said, no, well, it's prime property. And if I don't want to sell it, then they'll try to take it. And that's what they did.
0: Phil Prazen has been told by law enforcement that there are 50 other Shirley's out there. 50 other people who had their properties put up for sale without their knowledge. As Phil interviews a handful of other victims, he starts to get a handle on what's going on and why criminals are targeting certain kinds of properties.
2: And remember, all of these are seem to be vacant lots. So it's not like somebody is living in a house or living in the property where there would be some type of hoop that you would have to go through to say, oh, hey, can we saw this property on the market. Can we come in and check it out, right? That doesn't exist. When you go check out a vacant lot, you just kind of drive by it or, and walk around it.
0: And there's something else. Real estate deals often involve multiple layers of people. And during COVID-19, everything goes online. So it's even harder to know what's real and what's fraud even easier for someone to sell a property they don't actually own
2: somebody would reach out to a real estate agent and say hey i have this property i want to sell it's a vacant lot on x street can you help me sell it and they the real estate agent goes sure you know and you know send me your id send me your paperwork uh, online because we can't meet in person because of covid and so, you know, maybe that real estate agent goes, hey, well, hey, it doesn't specialize in vacant lots or doesn't specialize or, or is too busy, right? Because this is at a, a time when um, the real estate market in South Florida was really going nuts. So say that real estate agent moves in another real estate agent friend who maybe works for a bigger company that it purchases and masks these vacant lots. They are looking for masses of property to, to turn, And so, you know, these companies, these buyers could be working with multiple real estate agents who are part of the deal just through kind of word of mouth and they all get their commissions. And nobody had actually done the due diligence to check if this is an actual, the real owner on the other end of the deal. And that's what stood out to me. It's just like nobody ever checked if this was a real person.
0: Nobody ever checked to see if this is a real person. As lawyer David Winker begins to learn more about the crime, he's pretty surprised at how easy it is.
3: When I talk with people about this, when they ask that question, like, how can this possibly happen? You kind of have to give some background into our system. So if uh, people from other countries, when they come and purchase a property here, they cannot believe how easy it is, right? How user-friendly it is, how everything's online. And I think one of the things that happens is because of the ease and transparency and the technological basis of how we transact property, they, there's a downside. And the downside is a lot of private information is available publicly. You know, here in Florida, if you own a home, I can look up your home. I can see, do you own it with your wife? Do you own it individually? What's your mortgage? You know, all that information is publicly available. So the downside to that, right, there's that's there's a lot of good things that go with that, but the downside to that is, you know, scammers and criminals and con men can use that toward their advantage.
0: In Shirley's case, the criminal used publicly available information to write up the fake deed that convinced county criminals she had signed over her property to the criminals. The deed is indeed fake, but it looks real to the county recorder mainly because it's notarized by a legal notary, and it has what looks like a real seal. Perhaps the notary is in on it. At least it looks that way, especially when authorities track down the notary in Africa.
3: And it got crazy because the notary happened to be in, oh my God, Morocco on a trip. So it looks so suspicious, right? Like this guy just happens to leave. He's out of the country. It's the middle of COVID. Like, why is he going to Morocco? And he, luckily for him, you know, was able to show, like, that's not my stamp. I think his wife went to the office and grabbed the stamp to show the police, right? Like, this is his stamp. It has a palm tree instead of a Capitol building. But basically, was able to show, like, this is not me.
0: Beyond the ability to use fake notary seals, To use publicly available information, there are other reasons that Shirley's property and other empty lots like it are vulnerable.
3: Most of the cases involve, almost all, involve elderly people. And the reason why is older people have property that doesn't have mortgages. Younger people, even wealthy younger people, tend to have a mortgage on their property. And the banks have systems in place that the minute you transact a property that secures one of their loans, they know about it, they fight back.
0: Sales that involve properties without mortgages are much, much simpler. There's a lot less friction They can happen more quickly. So it's easier to commit fraud. Phil hears this too, from victim after victim. And it seems like the criminals are relentless.
2: And one of the people in the middle. He told us that this had actually been the third time that it had happened to him. So this was, you know, over the course of a year and a half, these scammers were trying to get his property on the market and he caught him two times or stopped him two times. And then when we called them the third time, it had
0: already happened. The crime becomes so prevalent that area residents take the extraordinary step and I mean really extraordinary step, of putting up not-for-sale signs on their front yards. Yep. You know what home-for-sale signs look like? These are not-for-sale signs. Shirley has to put one up on her lot.
3: I got my 70-year-old mother to come to make me a sign that said lot not-for-sale. You know, we put it because one of her other lots was on Zillow. And we put a sign so in case someone drove by to check the property, they would see it.
0: So if if I drive through Coconut Grove, I'm going to see a bunch of signs that say lot not for sale." Yeah, I'll
3: send you. You know what I'll do? I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture today.
0: By the time Phil put Shirley and her lawyer David Winker on television, well, the empty lot crime is surging.
2: This week, when she went to pay her taxes on it, she discovered the lot was no longer in her name. A New York developer, Ali Development LLC, bought the lot for $230,000. It was never for sale, she says, and she contacted a lawyer.
0: And after the piece airs, calls to fill the reporter start to pile up, all from victims who learn someone is trying to sell their property. But they don't know what to do. What do you do as an owner in that situation? How overwhelming.
2: You know, just sympathize and see if they want to talk about it. And then, you know, guide them to the resources if if they want to. You know, you say, hey, the city of Miami is looking into a bunch of these cases. Contact them. And then also talk, talk to your real estate agents, your title insurance companies, and see if you can figure
0: it out. So often in these situations, reports to law enforcement seem futile. Remember, Shirley Gibson's property was sold to a company in New York for $230,000. Real money. But sold by who? As David investigates, he shares what he finds with the police. Not sure anything will come out of it. But then, a few weeks later, breaking news. Well, now to a series of scams tonight. NBC6 investigators have reported
2: on all spring. Three people are now behind bars accused of selling homes they did not own. NBC6 investigator Phil Praisen shows us what local leaders are doing to stop the scammers. Lathan Powell, Vanessa Chang, Jason Webley are charged with a long list of felonies, including money laundering, theft from a person 65 years or older, conspiracy, and others.
0: Police deserve credit for hunting down Shirley's criminals, certainly. But praising things surely deserves credit for keeping up the pressure.
2: Yes. You know, that that is something that police have told me through this whole process is we don't even the police don't even know if if many of these scammers are in the state of Florida. They don't even know if they're in the country, right? I mean, because everything is going online, they can be in Uzbekistan, and South Africa, and Japan, you know, it, and it's hard to trace the scammers. It's hard to catch them. And I really do think that the reason we have arrests for this one is because Shirley Gibson just didn't give up and wasn't going to be one of those victims. And that's where she hired a lawyer. She notified the press, which gets attention to the issue. We then, you know, the press then calls, you know, police, prosecutors and say, hey, what are you doing about this? So the more noise you make, the better chance you have of catching the criminals from my experience.
0: That's very inspiring, actually, uh, that's, that she would be so dogged. And, and, and that's the reason, a big part of the reason we actually uh, cut criminals in this case. That's really impressive.
2: Yeah, she's, she's an impressive person.
0: This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov yourmoment today. The suspects are still awaiting trial. Meanwhile, Shirley is still awaiting return of her property. How long did it take Shirley to get her property back? Whatever that means, actually.
3: Yeah, it's something. I'll be honest with you. She doesn't have it back yet. Like we're in process. We're doing it. It's complicated because there's some tax implications. If this will be the first transaction since her great-grandfather had the property, we're concerned it'll trigger something with the taxes. So we're working with the clerk's office, with the property appraiser's office, to make sure that we nullify the documents in a way that has no tax consequences. So that's what's taking so long. But because law enforcement is involved, like no one's worried that the property is going to be out of our hands. But yeah, it's I mean, it couldn't be more complicated.
0: So for now, the signs saying lot not for sale, stay up. Both Shirley and David believe that as long as Coconut Grove stays a hot market, criminals will be out to steal land.
3: I think they were just looking for a lot. The thing that makes Miami attractive is... I've done deals like this. I've been involved in in cons that involve a $15,000 lot up in a a rural county north of us in Henry County, but that's not as attractive as a $300,000 lot. So where are $300,000 empty lots in Miami? They tend to be in Black neighborhoods that are quickly gentrifying. So I think that's a little bit of a component of
0: it. I mean, gentrification is an issue in every American city and gentrification seems to be... One core element of this crime It's what makes it a lot attractive—a it, it fast-moving market, all that kind of thing—and it seems like systematically, um, minority neighborhoods are at risk for this. Is—is is that right?
3: Yes, and I think that's that's a that's an that is an accurate summary.
0: At the press conference announcing the arrests, state officials said they would target that element of the problem.
2: That's certainly how the state attorney approached it when she announced the arrest and when she announced the the launching of the task force that they were nearly all elderly nearly all african american and a lot of these buyers are from out of town right you know this is a new york development company looking to purchase vacant lots in miami right so it is that stereotype of outside development companies trying to purchase historically significant land, at least to the Black community here in South Florida.
0: But this story, Shirley's story, Coconut Grove's story, is far from over. I called Shirley and David one more time as we were putting together this story to check in on things and, well, Shirley's still under siege from the criminals. There was recently another attempt to steal her land. I was there when David had to tell Shirley about it.
3: Yeah, I'll send it so you have it, but the case is continuing to move forward. Oh no, but let's be clear, one of her other lots is for sale right now. Oh how about that? On Zillow. <laughs> yeah, here's Miss Gibson. Um so this uh, is a third uh, a
0: third incident basically?
3: Yeah, no, I had to send it to Miss Rundle and the police are investigating another one. Um wow. let me just let me just tell Miss Gibson which one it is. <laughs> Listen to this, Miss Gibson. I mean, I thought we, i maybe we talked about this, but it's um, the... Is that the one with the fence in the front? No. When they have it for sale for $100,000. That's when we have the meetings. Yes. Okay. That, uh, that one, that's when we have our community meetings. So yeah, that one is, it uh, looks like they took it down now. I don't see it on here anymore. So.
0: But after yeah. all this publicity and all of this, someone's still trying to make money still selling your property yeah well
3: somebody had it listed for a hundred thousand uh. and they went to a neighbor luckily and asked the neighbor hey i'm looking to buy this lot you know who was? And said no miss gibson's not selling that lot be careful and gave me in touch with a person and the mm. guy asked for an email and then i put them in, in touch with the cops but yeah, that gives you an idea of Miss Gibson's getting, you know, they're trying to victimize Miss Gibson again. We all we all wow. jump back into action. You know, I, I sent an email to the the state attorney. State attorney literally, you know, called me up like, What the <laughs> like are wow. you Like, yes, ma'am, this is you know
0: Well, I guess that just means you can't no, ever be vigilant nonstop. enough, right? Crime never
3: rests.
0: Crime never rests. Well, good people never rest either, and I can tell Miss Gibson never rests. It's important to note that once Shirley's property records are finally put in order and she is made whole, there's still one victim left, the title insurance company. Because the initial deal went through and was later exposed as fraudulent, the buyer will be reimbursed the $230,000 by the title insurance firm, which managed the transaction. So that makes them a victim. Of course, in the end, that just means higher costs for all of us So as with all crimes, we are all victims in some way. Winker, Shirley's lawyer, has some pretty specific advice for landholders hoping to avoid the kind of scary moment Shirley had when she went to pay her taxes that day and discovered county records showed her land now belonged to someone else. What should people look out for?
3: Look in your mail for mail for other people. First sign you're going to get is... All of a sudden, you're going to start getting your mail people you don't recognize at your address. Two, look online, Google your property. If it's listed on Zillow, you know you know, you know you know the scam is starting.
0: So, look on Zillow once in a while to make sure nothing looks strange about your property, and certainly notice whether there's any indication that it's up for sale. Winker also thinks there needs to be additional reforms in the property sales process.
3: I think in this case, one of the big breakdowns was in the notary process. So in this case, the guy just forged a note, it seems like he just forged a notary stamp to stamp it. And I wish there was a system, I've been scammed before by clients who give me a fake certified check. It's happened to me twice. And you know, it sucks because you go, you take this, you know, usually a pretty large check, you take it to the bank and about five days later, they call you and say, hey, you know, this check's no good. So I learned through that process that if you, if Bob, you give me a certified check, I'm allowed to, there's a system in place that I can call and immediately speak to somebody. There's, You know, there's a number dedicated to this and say, I just got a check from Bob Sullivan for $25,000 check. And they say, what's the check number? Check number 153. I mean, and, you know, a certified check, right? This, this is a certified check from Bank of America. What's the check number? 153. And they're just going to say to you immediately, yes, we issued that check or no, we didn't issue that check. And one of the fixes I think is, I think notaries, it would be helpful if you could call the notary and simply say, I have an attestation dated September 1, 2021 by Bob Sullivan. Would you confirm that you notarized that signature?
0: And while there is something like a happy ending here for Shirley, Winker is worried that another victim, without Shirley's resources, didn't know a lawyer, didn't have friends in the community, well, another victim might not have fared so well. Phil Prezen, meanwhile, says some of Shirley's neighbors have gone to extremes to protect their empty lots.
2: Now, the guy that had it happen to him multiple times, after we notified him, he put a small mortgage on his vacant lot just to have another hoop to jump through, right? So if somebody was trying to sell his property, they had to go talk to the bank too. That was, a, I feel like a smart idea for some type of protection.
0: After her ordeal, Shirley has practical advice to offer landowners.
1: Well, I would say maybe two or three times a year, if you have property, you go online and check on it to see if there's any liens or anything on it.
0: You might think Shirley's frustrated or bitter after the whole experience. But she actually remained remarkably calm, even optimistic about the situation. Uh, one thing I read, uh, you sound like a pretty spiritual person, and you thought that this happened to you for a reason, because you had those resources, and and, and maybe you know, you can help other people because you did have uh, those resources, right? Yes. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, that's true.
0: Can you talk to me just a little bit more about why you think you may, maybe you were in some ways chosen to have this happen?
1: Well, I believe in divine intervention. And I said that this happened to me for a reason, whether it was good or bad, that if it's publicized, other people will not be afraid to come forward and they probably would know what to do.
0: That's a very beautiful sentiment that you have. And uh, we're very lucky that you're willing to talk to the press like us about it. And I agree with you. I think the more people who hear about it, the better. What do you think about all of the attention that the issue is now getting?
1: I'm happy. I'm delighted. And I thank God that I have attorney David Winker.
0: And as for that property in West Grove, she does plan to leave it to her nieces and nephews someday, but she's not done with it yet. Remember, she grew up there in a house that has long since been demolished. Have you ever you know, dreamed about doing something, putting a new house on them or doing something else with the property?
1: I would like to go back to the old, old homestead. And I'm thinking about maybe building a, a house, a replica of the old house.
0: Wow, that would be amazing.
1: It would. It well, would.
0: I hope you get to do that. And I want to come see it. It, it, it sounds like such a beautiful place.
1: You have an invitation to come down <laughs> to I
0: Well, I can't wait to go visit Shirley in her new, old, new home. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone. Call the AARP Fraud Watch Network Helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of scam busters, executive producer, Julie Getz, researcher, Haley Nelson, associate producer, Annalie Embry, and of course our audio engineer, Julio Gonzalez. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan.